This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Wednesday, March 9th, 2022, and I have the excellent and awesome TK Bay here with me. Hi, TK. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. It feels just like we saw each other a couple of days ago. I don't know why. I you know. think it's because we did. Yeah, let's let's yes, be real here. Yes, I, you could make yeah, a group podcast last week uh, with us at Mobile Congress in Barcelona. So you're here now. Unfortunately, I, I do apologize, but I'm, I'm happy that I'm able to make it uh, finally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it was just crazy. Barcelona was... Um, exciting, crazy, everything was just spaced out everywhere and, you know, there wasn't enough time and I didn't stay till the last day. I actually left on Thursday morning, so I, I missed out on the last extra. I should have stayed an extra It was day. very interesting to get back into a conference full on abroad. Like, you know, there's two things here. I went to Europe in October mm-hmm. for a Porsche thing and it was three days and it was, you know, very handled. Like, you know, we mm-hmm. just like didn't really have freestyle you know like we we didn't really do our own thing but this time it was like it used to be and so this is my first time doing a trade show since cs 2020 because i missed cs this year uh yes like yes, last I minute i decided that. you know what all my gigs got kind of canceled so i'm not going to be making any money but just spending money even though i had a sponsor i decided it'd be safer with omicron to stick home i regret it now because everybody seemed to have a good time but um but anyway the point is it, it was a different ces for sure not not the ces let's just say this you're not you're not missing much i think next year will be the it ces of comeback of all of yeah we'll guys. be there for that but uh this was really sure. the first time i'm doing a trade show again and mm-hmm. the first or the second time for me to go abroad but the first time where you know you really have the, the double whammo jet lag plus a conference it's a, it's a hard one and it hit me hard. I went back hit- to back and double and triple book conferences. Yeah. That was the weird part about this one. I, I Scheduling was absolutely done badly between different uh, things. And so we had at one point like multiple events. Exactly. Existing at the same time that we would need to be there. And just, just we don't have that duplicate copy of us uh, running around. But yeah, no, no. Crazy. I think that it was, it was a little weird in that way. But also I just mm-hmm. got so much more jet lag than I did in October when I went to this Porsche thing. Like I just was uh-huh. tired and I couldn't get over it. And by the time I did, it was like the end of the show. And, and I felt like I'd missed out on a bunch of stuff. But overall, I think it worked out well. We did a good group podcast. It was fun. Yep. You know, Oppo was my sponsor and they were awesome. I We got to talk about the Oppo Find X5 Pro and about the Realme GT2 Pro quite a bit. We also talked about the yes. Honor Magic 4 Pro quite a bit. And we did- Sexy time, Honor Magic Pro. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys haven't checked that out, check out Miriam's. <laughs> oh my God, the reel on, on the sexy yeah, time. Yeah, the now. reel that I have on uh, my Instagram about the Honor, was it V or 5? Which is, I think it's V because it's no, It's v, the right? V, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. are saying it opens five up like and i'm like it's not but yeah look no. the bottom line is we covered almost everything but there's one thing we didn't cover which i want to talk to you about after the news which is the poco x4 pro 5g which uh you know i didn't really get to start using properly until like a few days ago really so 
I know you've had it for a while like me and you have a YouTube video, which I'll link in the show notes. So let's talk a lot about that a little bit. But first, Elephant is in the room and that was yesterday's Apple event. So I want to chat about that with you. Yep. And then the other thing I want to talk with you about, because now you're an EV convert like me, I got you, I got you hooked. <laughs> Uh, Absolutely. Loving every minute of uh, it. Yes, go on. I kind of want to talk about the Volkswagen ID Buzz, which was finally revealed. Like, I mean, we knew it was coming. We knew what it was about. Mm -hmm. It is the Volkswagen Microbus, the EV Microbus. So think hippie flower power bus from the old days, you know, that continued. That used to be my school bus when I was a kid, by the way, just for reference, the hippie old Volkswagen yeah. bus. That was how I, I used to sit in the, in the trunk with the open on the back. They had a little gate. So I have, I have memories with, with Volkswagen. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sure. A lot of people do. And a lot of Americans or North Americans don't know this, but they continue making generations of the micro bus in, in Europe. We, mm -hmm. the last one we got was the Eurovan in the late nineties, mm -hmm. early two thousands here in the U S that's called the the T4, the transporter of generation four, the previous mm -hmm. generation T3 was the Westphalia, the one everybody knows here in North America, the really boxy one with the pop yep. top. And then uh, the T5, we never got, we never got the T6. There's a T7 now coming, which will be a hybrid. And there is nice. the ID Buzz, which will basically be the EV version of uh, from the ground up, same platform as the ID4 and ID3. So now that you know you're like me, a Model 3 owner and uh, and stuff, I think you probably have some thoughts. And I am a Volkswagen Eurovan, so T4 owner. Mm -hmm. I have a camper version of that, so I have a bit yep. of a investment in this one in a way because I think that I'm probably going to put a deposit down when the US model comes out. Nice. Anyway, nice. so Apple, man, yes. Apple. I mean. I Nothing surprising, really. The leaks were pretty accurate. But at the same time, man, there's so much to talk about. Let's start with the iPhone, you know, the SE. S SE 2022. Yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't call it two. They just called it the iPhone it's SE. It's not really the two. It's really the three because there was the original SE, then the SE in 2020, now the SE 2022. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to call it iPhone SE 5G because, you know, in Android land, it's you add 5G to anything that has 5G. <laughs> Still, which is weird, by the way. Like by now, it, you'd uh, think a little bit. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, the reality is ninety percent of I'm sorry, all of all flagships have it. Uh, even most mid rangers have it, and and we're starting to see it even become more affordable at the entry level on the Android side. But on Apple side. Yeah, this is the first SE that supports 5G because of the A15, but um, definitely living up to its uh, you know reputation of being affordable, uh, small, compact. Still, surprisingly, has Touch ID, which is like a u unicorn type of a, a feature for Apple land. Uh, but it definitely looks uh, very. It, it, it's keeping the looks with more powerful internals, and I feel like that's the best thing. And a little bit of a bump on price, but of course, we have 5G. Now. Yeah, I think the the summary is that this is an iPhone SE 2020 with a bump of chip, basically the, from an A13 to an A15 Bionic with 5G, which makes sense, yeah. only sub-6, mm -hmm. no millimeter wave, which is the only iPhone that only has sub-6, by the way, of all the 5G iPhones ever made. And it has an improved camera system. I think nobody's really tried to figure out yet whether it's a hardware and a software thing. The software for sure, because that comes with a Bionic yep. A15. But I can tell yeah, you that sure. Theo, my spouse, has an SC2020 that low-light performance just doesn't really quite live up to even the iPhone of its time, the 11, right? Well, so I'm hoping mm -hmm, that yep. 
this 2022 model has a slightly better actual hardware camera so that that bionic goodness of the ISP can really match the at least base iPhone 13. You know, it won't have the uh, in-body stabilization, but it does have OIS. So, you know, we still have yep. wireless charging. We still have OIS. We still have a single camera on the back. I was kind of hoping that somehow... Yeah, I, w- I was like hoping this is the year where they decide to give us at least a secondary sensor since everything has three sensors now or something. So um, it, it's it's a combination, right? I mean, at the end of the day, when we look at an SE or even when we look at other companies, when they create a, a more affordable, smaller version of their devices, it's a tailored experience, right? So Apple has to kind of leverage existing hardware, which is why we're getting the, um, you know, the iPhone, the, the look of the SE 2020, 2020 model. Um but the benefit of the A15 because that's the the chip that they have, right? All of their Android, all of their not Android, all of their devices mm-hmm. now are running it, so it's more affordable for them to put in. Um, on paper, the sensor on the back still looks like it's a 12 megapixel sensor, so I'm not sure if it's a new sensor that's going to give us better low light. Uh, I didn't see any information about the aperture on it, uh, but the overall performance. I'm hoping will be better just for the fact of having the A15 in there to be able to process and get us better low light. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I, I would love to see at least, like you said, match 13, like the 13 base model. That that, that I mean, makes we know it more sense, won't since it doesn't have in-body in stabilization. But at the oh, same time, you know, the so it's, what's really interesting to me is that the SE2020, when you look at that camera module, it is... Mm-hmm. In part, like it's a combination of lens and sensor from the eight, mm-hmm. which is the body the body came from. The body shape of the SC is the iPhone eight. For this, no, second I'm talking SC, about right. the yeah, 2020. Did. So that 2020 oh, yeah, yeah. had a camera that mm-hmm. was a kind of a mix between the iPhone 10R and the iPhone mm-hmm. eight in terms of hardware. Then yep. with the Bionic mm-hmm. 13 doing the ISP goodness, kind of elevating it a bit from the 10R and from the eight, right? And this, yep. I think it's going to take a little while to find out, but it either is the same thing or they've maybe grabbed the old iPhone 12 series sensor which didn't have in-body oh, stabilization, okay. put that in there, you know, with the optics of it. But the bottom line has OIS and it has that Bionic 15 for some hopefully better night photography. Because then one thing that the SC2020 really did miss out on is it didn't have the night mode that the 11 had. And I think that was yeah. a, a hardware limitation at the time, but I'm hoping that they remedied that and that maybe it's done in software purely or whatever it is, but um, maybe it can do the multi-stack I'm- framing stuff that it needs to do. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. I, I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of us want is the improvements on the software and processing. Uh, the host power is definitely there, but we're going to have to see because uh, the announcement, as we were talking about, and obviously just happened a day yeah. ago, uh, hasn't even. It's barely like fresh news, and I think it's going to be available very soon. Um, I like the color options that they stuck to the same colors that we had in the past. The design is very much the same, which in in a certain way, I think the iPhone 8 is, or the design of the iPhone 8 is living on one more year, one more generation on the SE. Uh, But having 5G on it, um, hopefully will obviously better battery uh, life on this one as well. Yeah, bigger battery Uh, Having 4K running. Yeah, which they need to. So this is where... The, the IC 2020 had a, some concerns at the beginning where battery yeah. life wasn't as good because it was a smaller form factor. You, you were, it was, I think, the first, like, think of it as first gen. This one, they're making it better. And, of course, with the 5G, sub-6 is actually the better way to yeah, go because I, I can imagine millimeter wave would be, you know, you know, how fast can you go from 100 to zero uh, would be more of a conversation. But um, it's exciting. 
I'm glad they're keeping it, and uh, I'm hoping more companies. But you know, it speaks like to Apple's power as a company because I got an email mm -hmm. from George over at Verizon. You know, with yeah, the deals, I, right? Sure and the I was like, spec. thanks, yeah, George. Yeah. I appreciate the email. He's, I love George. He's such a good guy. And, and you know, and I'm thinking to myself, at the time, I didn't know if it didn't have millimeter. I'm like, it's got to have millimeters. Verizon's like going nuts about this thing. But mm -hmm. it doesn't. And Verizon is still going nuts about this thing. What other phone do you know on Verizon lineup doesn't have millimeter wave and they're going nuts about it? There is a few, I think, in their oh, prepaid. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say going but, nuts about, yeah, I was going to say TCL for but one. But you know what I'm saying? Like, do you know what I'm saying? This is a thing. Like, this is very rarely do you see, I mean, they impose millimeter wave on Motorola phones every time, right? If they have 5G. Yep. If you want to sell a Moto phone on Verizon, Moto better put millimeter wave in there, whereas Apple was like, nope. And you know, I think it's the right decision. I, I think, you know, I would have liked to see them replace the display. I would have liked yeah, a ultra-wide camera. Same. But if you think about it, they have, it's so cheap for them to continue using that iPhone 8 design, continue using that mm -hmm. panel, continue using a lot of the guts, really, then upgrading yeah. few select parts. I'm a little bummed that it's $30 more because it's that weird number, right? It's like, you know... It just brings it up to a price where you're like, you can't have that three ninety nine sweet spot anymore because you're now at four twenty nine. Yeah, it has that nine. Yeah, you it's know? a thirty dollar bump. Uh, and realistically, I, yeah. if you want to use an iPhone, frankly, I see this with Theo. We got them the one twenty eight gig, which was the mid version of the previous mm -hmm. one, thinking that's plenty of room, and they're running out. And so we're gonna get the two fifty six. And I looked at that; it's five hundred seventy nine dollars. Like at that point, like. Maybe buy an iPhone 12 refurb or something. Or even an 11 refurb. At, the, yeah. at that point, you're looking at pricing really. Although you're not getting the A15 then. And that's the thing. No. The support on this is five years, right? Yeah. Think about yep. that. That's, that's what's also killer about this phone. Now, if it was my money, you know, I mm -hmm. would buy a Pixel 5a right now or wait for the 6a. And we're going to talk oh, yeah. about the rumors on the 6a in a minute. But I think, yeah, yeah. I think that's because I'm an Android user. But, and, and of course, you know, I want an ultra wide and I want OLED display, but you know, the iPhone does have something the pixel doesn't have and that's wireless charging, which, you know, has very few phones except for maybe the TCL 20 pro last year that had yeah. wireless charging below $500 right now in the U S I mean, I yeah, can't think yeah. of anything else. Can you, as far as wireless charging, that was at, well. That was a U.S. phone. Um, well, even foreign. Like, think about it. Xiaomi and BBK Xiaomi Group at this price point uh, do not do wireless rare, charging. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, who does not, that leave you know, us with? Samsung, maybe Samsung. Uh, Sam Samsung, maybe on the A series. I, I would probably maybe Actually, some of their A series. I'd have to double check. I'd have to check too because I have a feeling the A series don't have it. Yeah. So I mean, it, I think wireless charging is a. I mean, obviously, we were seeing more advancements on there, especially when we talked about MWC last uh, last week. You know, Honor walking in with a hundred watt wireless charger. Wow! I was like, wow. I mean, come on, like, they're they're seriously pushing the the limits. Um, yeah, it, I mean, on on budget devices, I feel like that's one of the first thing they they decide to cut because it's a it's a nice to have, but it's not needed. And especially when we get a chance to talk more about the Poco, you know, we got sixty seven watt charging on that. You know, so it's hard to kind of say I can justify a fifteen watt charger, a ten watt charger as opposed to the 67 wired that's in included in the box. So I feel like you're right. It's it's a combination and it's a unique feature for Apple, at least, uh, for that price. Point. I think it comes down to more of a cultural and, not cultural, but it kind of like a, where you live and where you, you operate. Like, mm -hmm. I look at our lives, you know, Theo and I, 
We yep. have a wireless charging pad in our car, right? So it's way more convenient to plunk down the phone on the wireless charger at 10 watt than it is to go digging for a custom 67 watt Xiaomi car charger, plug it in the cigarette port, right? Like that's my point. And it's like, no, well, no, you, you can say, well, maybe you don't do that. Maybe you pull it, plug it into the mains at home for five minutes before you leave. But that's that's not the point. The point is the convenience of being able to say, oh, I'm running a little low. Let's put the phone down for half an hour and you get a bit of a charge on a drive, right? I think yeah. more and more people have basically built in wireless charging in their cars. And when you have that, then you know, you want a phone that supports it. And if you had a phone that had it and you switch to one that doesn't, you really notice it. It's like, to me, it's one of those things. Like if you look at my evolution of ownership of a phone, once Mm -hmm. I had wireless charging, it wasn't critical, but I used it enough that I didn't want to give it up on the next phone. Yeah. Right. And so when, when Google did that, when they dropped wireless charging, you know, they had it on the Nexus 4 and I think even the Nexus six, six. I want to say the six was the last. The five, one. definitely the five. The five for sure. Six. The was, six was the last one. I want to say the six before they went with Huawei. The six, the big Moto one, right? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, they yeah. dropped it on the five X and the six Pro or six P. And mm-hmm. I was just like, ah, oh, ah, oh, what have you done? So I, I I will say this. I would give Google a pass on the 6P, mostly because the design. that phone was, a, well, not only that, that was a hot pocket of anything. Like, you do not want to add more heat. That phone was, as you know, the A10 yeah. was, uh, yeah, it's a history, it's a point in history of the hottest chips on the market. That phone could definitely not live without the wireless, but uh, it is a little bit weird when you see companies that carry it for some time and then they just out of the blue take it out. And then the Pixel, now, we, the original, didn't yeah. have it either. And the Pixel no, no, 2 didn't it have it either. It was until the 3 series that we got it back and I couldn't wait. I was like, oh my God, finally, you know, like I'd been... I'd been living with wireless charging for so many Nexuses that I was just like, oh, and you know, before that with uh, Nokia, right? On the oh yeah, no, no, the it, pure it's, views. it's one of those. It's as you said it yourself. It is a very nice thing to have once you have it. Um, actually, I think I mentioned it even in my video that about the one thing I wish they had because I would put it in the car and it I would have to find a wire and so on. And I ended up not charging it in the car, but it's a functional thing wireless charging even though slower still helps top you off and make sure that you're kind of you know running and um i have chargers in at least in this room i have one in front of me where we're talking right now on camera i have one integrated into my mouse pad for gaming so i just put my phone next to my mouse on my mouse pad i also have a standing one and if you remember the razor one with the rgb lights yeah, going on yeah. it's still one of my favorite ones convertible like i keep it flat you know i charge my devices on it um Again, not intended to be the the main source of charging, but it's definitely nice to have. And if I don't really want to worry about too much about, you know, if I just want to top it off a little bit, it's easy. Um, and our Teslas have it, uh, two chargers that are built yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I even have it in my Volkswagen camper van. I have a, oh, what brand is that? It's a, one of those, um, you know, uh, phone like holders. An anchor or something? Yeah, it might be oh, an anchor. Okay. It's a phone holder, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I've got, it, it's got a cheek coil in it. So I, I just plug it in. And like, as soon as I put my phone and the, the head unit is Bluetooth. So it's mm-hmm. pretty much a wireless experience uh, putting it on the actual, uh, you know, like phone stand or, or yeah, phone yeah. holder. Um, here I have a Pixel stand, the original on my desk. That's my main wireless charging for my Pixel 6 Pro. I mm-hmm. use it overnight mostly. Yeah. And then, I have a 
OnePlus slash BBK Group slash AirVook or whatever it's called, AirVook. Yeah, the, the the fast one that we got last year, the 50-watt charge wireless uh, charger. Yeah, the 50-watt. So that's the one I have for the OnePlus 9 Pro, I think. No, it came with the OnePlus 9. You're right, 9 Pro. The 8 So 9 Pro, Pro had the upgraded. The 8 Pro had one, but it wasn't as fast. I think it was like I have one of those watt. two. Can't yeah. remember which. I think it's the newest one. If it, if it has the cable that attaches, is the new one. Because that one, uh, what it's they did is they the sent it. It's got the cable that detaches. So it is the new yeah. one. It's the latest one. And I have a year. Xiaomi one as well somewhere in my house that's super fast too for their fast charging. When the mm-hmm. Mi 10 series came out. Mi 10, yeah, yeah. The Back in the old flagship. Mi series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that one, you know, so it's interesting. That one actually works with Xiaomi and Huawei. Oh. Yeah, so I've, this is my theory. Because Xiaomi Huawei and Huawei have thing. shared wired fast charging for a while now mm-hmm. this is not well documented but it does seem to work and wireless too i'm not sure you're getting the full enchilada but it's actually interesting and then of course we know we know especially now with the opification of oneplus but we know that realme oppo mm-hmm. and oneplus support supervook and airvook mm-hmm. um and here's the kicker vivo has a different thing Oh, okay. So if you take a Vivo wired fast charger, at least, and put it on a OnePlus or an Oppo, no go. I mean, you okay. get charging, you just don't get max mm. speed. And vice versa, if you take like a, a Oppo or OnePlus fast charger, like 67 watt brick, and you plug it into mm. a Vivo, say, you know, an X70 Pro Plus or something, you're not getting the 67 watt. So I find that so mysterious to me. But if of that course, part of the company doesn't shit. It's like a weird thing. You're right. Oppo, Realme, and OnePlus, very much cohesive, you know, copacetic, a lot of love there. Vivo and Aiku, uh, very much seems like, you know, same umbrella, different, you know, different room. You don't get in through the same door for some reason. Exactly. And I was just going to say, IQ's wired chargers are compatible with Vivo, of course. It's yeah. really interesting how that's panned out. But anyway, back to the iPhone. I look, I just I'm just glad there's another option. I no. understand Apple like 5G was getting necessary. So many carriers are dropping 3G and stuff. You can't just you have you need choices. And yeah, especially with 5 years of support, they knew at some point they were going to yeah, it's going to cut off. Yeah. So they needed to include the technology, but I'm glad uh they made the right choice of power performance to power management so that it doesn't kill the battery. But I was kind of hoping that they would rework the chassis just a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I still figured the home button would stay and Theo really likes the home button and the fingerprint sensor. They really don't like the uh, the face ID stuff. So, you know, that kind of makes sense to kind of keep that core audience of old school iPhone users who don't like to change things too much happy. But I would have expected them to maybe try to switch to an OLED um, that fills up a bit more of the chassis, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I was hoping less, less. Somehow do an oval cutout in the back with an ultra wide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that would have been nice to have an ultra wide. But hey, at the same time, I know that this economically makes the most sense. You're reusing essentially the chassis in the panel, and yep. you're you're changing the guts around. Yeah, it's the PCB that uh, the motherboard is updated. You get the new processor and the you can, new modems. You, know, you can upgrade the camera module because it's also, you know, pretty flexible because yeah. if you get one the same size, it just fits right in there. So I think it's it's a, it's a good one. The price, I kind of wish I'd be able to keep the $399 and, and it gets really pricey when you get up to that more storage. Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, we're when we say 430 or 429, we're talking about the entry-level base model uh, 64 storage. 64 gig, yeah. Which... 
I still, I, I think we should be, that was another thing I would like. I would like this. We are, I think, at the point where 64 should not be the standard. I think we oh should have God, moved already to 1. But that's for Android the, as well, frankly. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Uh, devices that have SD cards at the low end budget net size, I can understand a little bit more because at least you have options. But when you have no storage capability, uh, you know, expendability, and there's pretty much what you're getting is what you have. Who is going to live in a 64, uh, you know, gigabyte uh, iPhone? I mean, seriously, if you take enough pictures just within the last first six months or so, that phone, you hit a roadblock. Um, for me, I get the phones mostly to review. So if when I'm picking them up, I don't really care too much about the storage. I realize, you know, Theo may be using it more so that you do want to get the storage that works there. We got them 128 on the 2020, but they're still running out. So it's going to be 256 next. I, I think, yeah, I, for my S22 Ultra, I did the same. I, I went to 512 this time. I, I can't believe I said that 512, but 256, I was actually running out of. Yeah, I, I use it so much. 4K. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 4K 60 all the way. That's that's how I shoot. That's, wow, 60, That's huh? how you shoot always. Uh, if you're ever recording any content on a display and you want to be able to have the flexibility after, record it in 4K 60. Even if you yeah. produce it at 30, Got you it. have the flexibility of uh, refresh. Yeah, it's like Marquez recording at 8K with his red cameras and down sampling to 4K. <laughs> Life is difficult here. That's, it is, it is. But I think, look, I think this is good. I just wish the price had been kept at 399 and I'm, maybe... Yeah. Even if the chassis had to remain the same, maybe the panel had to be improved somewhat somehow. But hey, you know what? iPhone users are going to be happy with this. And like, it's, if it's a five G tax, yeah. or the Apple tax, if the I lack suppose. Of yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and anyway, then of let's course we had the. I was going to say there was also the tablets that yeah. they did a little bit more improvements there. I was excited to see that part. So yeah, the uh, iPad Air got an M1 chip. No surprise, mm-hmm. but it got USB Type C at the same time. Yes, yet another and, Apple uh, device. And, uh, that had lightning gone to the dustbin of pos- uh, eternity. I'm so happy. One step closer. One I know, step closer. I, we, <laughs> I just want the 14 to come out. We finally changed the port. We're going USB-C. I think it's gonna they're going to go portless. Next. That's absolutely not happening. I used to think that, but I'm at this point where I feel like they're waiting to go portless. And it's <sighs> it's gone. You know what surprised me, actually? And I could mm-hmm. be, but maybe it is. I, I haven't looked at the specs, but the iPhone SE 2022 doesn't have MagSafe in the back. No. Like they uh, could have, right? That that would have been smart somehow. It, it's, it, it has to be a tailored enough experience to make you want the iPhone, you know, yeah, the 13 you have to pay mini extra, even, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it has to be a step. So there's that, the mini, the standard, the pro, the pro max. So now it's a lineup and this is a like an entryway, small form factor. Um, smaller display, you go to the mini, the mini is technically a bigger display and you still are able to step up. But uh, yeah, no, again, I'm, gl- I'm glad that they're able to continue the life of the SE series. So here's but what I'm thinking is going to happen. Maybe not on the 14th, but definitely okay. the next one. We're going to okay. see a MagSafe only um, iPhone. And mm-hmm. the way it's going to work is it's going to have ultra wide band for the communication if you want data transfer. And mm-hmm. so there'll be a MagSafe puck that has ultra wide band for data for the few people who still do data wired. Because I actually think on an iPhone, you don't necessarily even need that anymore. Like if you have a Mac, you're going to use AirDrop, AirDrop, right? Oh, yeah. And so basically, I don't think you necessarily need wired data, but wired charging is necessary. And they're going to be so fast with their wireless, like they're going to increase the wireless speed. You know, if they even they go to 30 watt wired. It's faster than anything an iPhone has ever experienced. Like, I mean, wireless, not wired. So 30-watt wired MagSafe charging would basically make it such that you don't need an iPhone with a port. And I think that's where they're going to go. 
Um, because MagSafe is kind of like the gateway drug. I think MagSafe is brilliant. I kind of love mm-hmm. that Nubia made a MagSafe compatible phone <laughs> that they showed at MWC that actually uses all the MagSafe accessories. Like, it's crazy. I mean, nobody, you know, it's just Qi wireless charging with some magnets. Anyone can do this. So I'm surprised yeah, that- Yeah, no, no, the, the technology is- Android phone makers haven't jumped on yet. Like, this could become a non-standard standard, you know? I, I think the reality is, I think with wireless charging, if I'm not mistaken, I think the, um, uh, what's it called, the S22 and S21 Ultra were, the, the magnets actually do align that you're able to- uh, A little bit, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. A little bit. It wasn't meant for it. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, yeah, it, I'm sure if nothing else, with everything else being, you know, uh, I say complementing or basically copied with inspiration kind of a thing, we, I'm sure we'll see something very similar, uh, similar to that. Wireless, I'm- I mean, I, I'm trying to remember what company. There was a company that did a demo. I think it was a few years ago where they did a device that was entirely portless. Um, it, it's going to be an, it's going to be a massive change, uh, and I think hopefully it was amazing. Yeah, uh, and I think what we want to see is maybe a transition point to that. Um, but USB-C, it's I mean, it's the standard, and they're starting to adopt it more. So we'll see. Maybe maybe the you know 14 would be wouldn't be the year of, port, uh, of USB-C, but more of the portless. Uh, either way, uh, once Apple does it, you know everybody else is going to carry. So, uh, God help us. Let's just say. No, but look, I think, <laughs> I think the there's room for it. Like, I don't think that's what I yeah. want, but I think that, look, wireless charging is getting so fast that having a puck that's magnetically attached to the back of your phone, if that puck is mm-hmm. USB-C on it, which Apple might not do, but Anchor will, you're, you're yeah. done. Like, you're done. You get 30-watt charging, no problem. It's convenient. Yeah. You can have that sitting down on your desk just like with a normal cable. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not? So I think we're going to see that. And you just said once so. once Apple does it, the rest of the world will follow and USB-C will really not be relevant on a phone anymore. Now on- We finally got everything USB-C. We finally, I mean, you know, I, there were things released last year with micro still for some reason. But see- Like kills me. This is kind of why I think the Android world should bite the bullet and adopt mm-hmm. MagSafe. The, the magnet placement like like Nubia yeah. did with that phone at MWC because then now you have Qi and MagSafe compatibility and all of a sudden you can start using iPhone accessories and vice versa, right? Yeah. In the same no. way as Anchor's making a ton of MagSafe stuff. I love Anchor. I have to keep mentioning them, sorry. But you know, it's, no, it's just like, I feel like this would be a smart thing to do because it would kind mm. of standardize things and you could still have USB-C on that puck like yeah, USB-C yeah. doesn't really go away. It still becomes a transport for things, you know? Now they updated the iPhone 13s with green colors too. I'm trying to think what else before we jump into the Mac. That's it really. I just want to quickly touch on the Macs because, well, there's one, because it's kind of an amazing kind of beast. And and I want to preface this by saying they canceled the 27 inch iMac, you know, completely. And that's a, my kind of favorite, Mac. I have one in front of me. It's an Intel one, obviously. It's a little slow compared. It's three years old compared to my MacBook Air. So, so is my, yeah, so my MacBook Pro still uh, on the i9. I'm, I'm still running the last generation of an i. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have the M1 MacBook Intel. Air, and that thing is just running circles around my Intel, even though my Intel is it's a pretty high spec. And, and it just tells you where we're gone in three years. So I was hoping that since we saw a 24-inch iMac with M1 last year, that we would get a 27 this year sometime. They have been very clear. They have one more Mm -hmm. ARM-based, Apple Silicon-based Mac 
to release yep. before the transition is complete. And it's a Mac Pro. They've said that publicly during the event. So yep. we know there's no longer going to be an iMac 27. Unless they yep. kind of count the iMac as one item and are going to update the 24-inch model with a 27-inch model or 30-inch mm -hmm. or whatever the new screen size will be. But basically right now, if you're in my position where you need to upgrade your iMac 27, there's really yep. very few options because that display on the iMac 27 is really good. It's 5K. And to get yeah. that display as a standalone now, you can buy that. They have a studio display for fifteen or $1,600, which is... About $1,600. It's bucks, the same yeah. exact panel as on the iMac, 5K panel. Um, it's mm -hmm. a beautiful IPS panel, super high res, but... The reason it's so expensive, I think, is because, well, it's Apple, but it's got an A13 Bionic in it to manage the webcam, which is a 12 megapixel yep. sensor, and the audio, because it's got the a really, right. and, and I don't know if you've heard the MacBook Pros with M1 chips, their audio is incredible, those speakers, so... I expect that monitor to have really good eyes. So you get that and you get a, a USB-C hub in there. I mean, you get a whole bunch of stuff mm -hmm. that's managed by this A13 Bionic, but that's the same price as a 27-inch iMac, just the monitor alone. So if you're trying to replace I, it- And not customized. Remember, this is not the, this is not the monitor with the special No, this is not the, the, the HDR yeah, yeah. one, right? So I think that's a little steep. And you're going to say you combine that with a Mac Mini, but a good Mac Mini is going to cost you, you know, $799 to $999. And so now you're talking yeah. about a lot more than an iMac when you combine those two. Now, some people are going to say, well, go buy a 5K display or a 4K display from LG or somebody else. But then you don't mm -hmm. get that nice seamless integration. You don't get a webcam. You know, you don't it, it, get I was good say, speakers. Exactly. So I'm just a little bummed. Thunderbolt support yeah. and, and the different port. No, no. It, uh, I think what Apple was trying to do here essentially is because, and once we start talking about their studio side a little bit more as well with the new offerings, uh, it's it's a way for you to customize your experience as opposed to being yeah. have you know having to go straight with just one because they have two. Well, two separate SKUs, obviously the Max and the Ultra, and those are going to give you the ability of customizing it even more. So I feel like it's more about customizing, less about combining everything into one. And I, and I, but they're but leaving a hole in the, the, in the lineup, is. right? Because right now, to oh, replace absolutely. this iMac, the only thing I can really do is buy a Mac Mini and an, a display that's mm -hmm. not an Apple display. And yeah. still, I'm not getting quite the same experience. So I'm hoping that. Them saying the only one left to transition is the Mac Pro means that they are going to combine the iMac, bigger size iMac, with the existing 24-inch as one line, right? And that's still coming. Mm -hmm. And that's why in their mind, yeah. they're not thinking of it as another device. So I'm still holding some hope. But right now, I'm going to, I was going to go out and buy a 27-inch M1 equipped or Apple Silicon iMac as soon as possible. But I think right now, I'm just going to... Stand back. The reason for that is the Mac Studio, we really have to talk about it. It's incredibly good. Like, I love what they're doing here. Like, if I was a, you know, video editing pro, this would be yeah. the machine for me. Like, this is better than a Mac Pro Intel at this point. It's better than mm -hmm. any of the previous iMac Pros even. If you combine that with that Studio display, you know, you're looking at, what is 30, it on the base model with the with the Max and not the Ultra? I think you were you're starting around thirty six. Yeah, so you have sixteen hundred dollars of display and two grand of computer for just the 
M1 mm. Max version. And then if you want to go to the yeah. M1 Ultra, you're looking at a lot more. And and I think that that is not that is you know Mac Pro sort of territory, not not iMac territory. So I, I'm I'm excited oh, no. about. It. I think the Mac Studio is gorgeous. I've always been a big fan. I've got a Mac Cube from 2001 under my desk here that mm-hmm. still runs great. And I've always been a fan of the idea of a really small, very powerful desktop machine from Apple. So this is it, right? This is kind of has yeah. shades of the Cylinder Mac Pro, shades of the Cube Mac, uh, shades of, in some ways, the Mac Pro we have today with Intel, the big box, but scaled down. Of course, performance mm-hmm. is off the charts. Did you see the numbers on that M1 Ultra chip? It's kind of, it's eye-watering, dude. It, it is... Uh, mouthwatering i draw i mean i was just seriously i was like what in the name of like how is it how how far how much further are they than than everything else on the market is crazy they were already doing it with their base m1 and then of course to go to the max with up to 64 gigs of of, uh, you know unified memory and then going up to 128 on the m1 uh, ultras it's just it's crazy i mean they're i I mean and as you saw it they fused they did the the goku and vegeta fusion dance crazy we're getting the good yeah so for me it's like the gogeta of all you know we got the fusion of two superpowers um and 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 to top that off you know obviously thunderbolt port ports galore every port you want sd card support uh hdmi power and it is still a very small footprint and again still just just it, it it is literally, uh, for the lack of a better term, every editor's wet dream. It is. The, the type of PC you want to get. Super fast, super small, sits very nicely on your desk, looks great, and ports everywhere. Um, I, I just, I, I'm like, I just wish I could have well, yeah, it. I was yeah. going to say that was but my I only mean, thing. It's, it's more, to me, there's more starting to the at story. 4K. I, think, I think the PC world is in denial, TK. Like, I mm-hmm. know that a gaming machine built from scratch today is is you know is, is a thing and and i don't want to deny people yeah. building their own pcs i totally understand that some people want to choose windows totally get it i used to be a game developer i use windows boxes to develop i love visual studio like don't get me wrong i get all that but i'm just saying if you want yeah. to look at pure performance per buck i think apple with apple silicon and everything they keep bringing to the table is just obliterating intel right now and even amd and more importantly i think microsoft this is not an intel problem intel's got their own issues here but i think this is a microsoft problem microsoft really needs to jump in there and adopt windows on arm way more enthusiastically than they're doing now i i'm seeing some progress at mwc with those lenovo laptop uh you know Mm -hmm. with the snapdragon qualcomm is still trying to uh, work with that as well with the scx exactly like that's less than m1 performance like qualcomm needs to go out there and give us a desktop grade snapdragon chip that microsoft can use in windows that really sings Mm -hmm. and that doesn't exist like i feel like this is tesla all over again the entire industry is five years behind like it is and not only that tesla keeps improving and improving and they keep beating their own numbers every year and it's like everybody else like well we haven't even started and if you're a pc person you're like well whatever la 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 Ryzen, blah 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 gpu no, look at the freaking numbers. And this is the published numbers. Wait till we get these machines. Wait till we get beyond video editing on these machines when people start using them to do other non-studio yeah, yeah. things on them. Because you know that's going to happen. Because yeah, yeah. that's what happened with the M1 and the M1 Max. People were like, oh yeah, it's nice. And then they used it and they were like, wait a minute. 
like it's not just killing it on benchmarks like we're actually doing normal tasks and even even gaming some people are able to do some gaming non-mac os gaming they're somehow ported linux over or whatever ran games <laughs> and they were like the m1 is killing it it's been proving and like i said this is why i'm so like I, I got so excited and like i really want to be able to find a way to make this part of my life um i chose not to go with the m1 mostly because i felt like it was just um in my opinion at least i felt like it didn't really overdo what i needed i already have as you were saying the gaming pc oh, yeah. set up with everything kind of configured but the one the m1 max mostly because it's like a, just a, around 2k is still a really good entry level considering the what oh, you get yeah. there over the, the performance and everything and if you really want to take it to the next level, I, I really want to start seeing some actual like hands-on performance uh, and, you know, not just from, like you said, editing, which is for me primarily what is the 90% of what I want to be able to find whatever way possible to reduce my render time. You know, when I'm, when I'm producing a 4k 100%. 60 frames per second video, 30 minutes, yeah. I want to, I don't want to spend an hour and a half waiting for it. And, you know, nothing else on the PC runs just because you're rendering and your GPUs you know, Egg, literally yeah. doing all of that. Uh, but the numbers they were showing uh, against discrete GPUs performance was crazy by comparison to the power draw. It's just it's astronomical. So I'm I'm really hoping we know it's going to. Oh do yeah, it. they're no not question. like this they've is, proven this. This isn't the first time. That's why I'm like I'm so gung ho about it because I'm like like we know this is real and and I give you a point of reference yeah, yeah. like in terms of power use right like. This is not new, but this is the second time I've flown to Europe with my MacBook Air M1. Now, to be clear, I don't have mm -hmm. the base model with seven GPUs. I've got the mid-range with eight GPUs and eight gigs of RAM and five, 12 gigs of storage. I didn't go for 16 mm -hmm. gigs of RAM because at the time it was really hard to find. So, and, and I don't regret it because I have 16 gigs of RAM on my, all my Intel Macs and mm -hmm. I can open just as many tabs on eight gigs on the, uh, on the M1 because memory management on ARM is way, way more efficient. So, yep, yep, so exactly. here's the thing, guys. If you're listening to this, consider this. I was on a 10-hour flight from San Francisco to Frankfurt on my way out. Now, your first hour, you know, you're taking off. In business class, you get the food served, blah, blah, blah. You don't really want to pull out your laptop because you're going to be interrupted. Once all that was settled, I pulled out the laptop. So two, about an hour and a half in, I pulled out the laptop. And I used it for eight hours to about 30 minutes before landing. And I walked out of that plane with 45% battery life left. Now... <laughs> that's impressive right but here's the killer mm -hmm. tk here's what i did with that for eight hours now because internet connectivity by satellite works but it's not the best you can't really use google drive and use it reliably so i was using microsoft word for writing i was using mm -hmm. firefox for my preferred browser don't ask it's complicated i use chrome as well but um i was using firefox to surf the website a few tabs open in the background i had audacity running and I would spend mm -hmm. at least four hours in there editing solid. And I did two movie edits, two videos in iMovie because it was a quick and dirty job. I didn't want to pull out Final Cut. And they 10-minute videos took me about half an hour each to edit and render. And I used, mm -hmm. what is it, 55% of my battery for eight hours. Now, nice. because it was an overnight flight, the cabin was very dim, so I was mm -hmm. able to dim the brightness on my display quite a bit. I'm not one of those people who runs it super dim like some people do, but I definitely had dimmed it compared to my normal in in my office use, right? So it was definitely running yeah. at a much mm -hmm. more power efficient state. But man, like that is a one-year-old Mac too. So it's seen, the battery is already seen somewhere. And I'm like, holy crap, like that is stupid good performance, you know? I, I seriously, uh, 
I, I can, I, I wish for those hours because I had my, my windows PC, uh, the one we're talking on right now. And, uh, that one barely lasted about two hours and I couldn't get it charged because the charging Port doesn't uh, the work power draw yeah. and it was, yeah, it wasn't too. So, uh, I got about maybe two hours worth of uh, worth of work, and I think at the, when that was done, I just switched over to my tablet and started watching. And then I tried to sleep a little bit if I could. But um, I actually had the uh, the uh, Berlin flight, so mine wasn't to Frankfurt. I ended up going to Berlin, Berlin down to oh, Barcelona. Cool, cool. Uh, due to re rescheduling, right? You had some, some issues some flight with the issues. Yeah. Flight. All right, let's yeah, talk yeah. about the Volkswagen ID Buzz, which is the other thing that, pardon the pun for the joke, but the, the other buzz of the week. Look, we're both EV folks, and I know there's a lot of listeners who are into EVs. I know this is a peripheral to mobile, but I think of cars as mobile devices you step into, especially modern mm -hmm. cars, which are very technologically advanced, very, especially EVs, exactly, yeah. which are essentially a skateboard with a motor and a battery in it, <laughs> and, and have a, a lot of software running the show and compute hardware running the show. So excuse us for a second as we have a little moment before we get back into phone news and wrap the show if we both go and get excited about this like anyone who's out there has got to admit that there's that the volkswagen microbus is an iconic thing right like i mean it's evolved Absolutely. over the years we're now gen 7 in europe gen 6 on the market for the gas-powered hybrid some hybrid versions out there we never saw past mm. the fourth generation in the u.s which was the eurovan here before that we had mm -hmm. the um the rear drive rear engine models which are the 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 westphalia boxy one you see in the u.s a lot and then the more rounded one before that and then the original with tons of windows around um and and yeah. this id buzz is kind of like the taking this iconic design and refreshing it for the 21st century with a pure ev built from scratch on a electric platform. So none of the having to concern yourself with all that machinery taking up space. So you basically get a skateboard design. The, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is based basically on the same platform as the ID4 and ID3, which are the uh, small SUV and small hatchback that Volkswagen's already released. The ID4 is available in the US, the ID3 in Europe and the ID4 as yeah. well. But the bottom line is it's now being completely revealed. We knew it was coming. We've seen it in camouflage. We'd never seen the inside. We'd never seen the, the fully revealed. And it exists. I'm actually going to South by Southwest in Austin tomorrow to see it mm -hmm. in person. Volkswagen is oh my, my sponsor. I'm going to write a story for Tech Radar. But, you know, I'm really excited because I own a Volkswagen van, a camper one, because not all of them are yeah. campers. Some of them are cargo vans, some of them are passenger vans, but in the US, it's mostly people are mostly familiar with the Westphalias, the campers. I have one that's a Eurovan, and it's one of the early Eurovans, and it's fantastic. I love it to death. I keep it well-maintained. It is a little cosmetically janky, but I like that because people don't think it's fancy, yet it's in really good shape mechanically. So... And of course, everything works uh, in terms of being a camper. So, you know, I'm looking forward to eventually replacing that with an EV-based camper. And so the reason I'm bringing up the ID Buzz is because this is a reveal of the European model, which is a short wheelbase passenger van mm -hmm. and cargo van. And they, they will be a California, which is what Volkswagen calls their camper version in the last few generations. Mm -hmm. Used to be called Westphalia, now called California. There will be one of those coming to Europe and to the U.S., but the U.S. is what's cool. We're getting a long wheelbase version of this van, slightly okay, longer, good. slightly bigger, more suited for our market. We're not getting the um, 
cargo version at all because chicken tax, I don't know if you're familiar with the fact that we can't import panel vans. We can't import cargo vans in the U.S. They have to be built in the U.S. There's some kind of restriction okay. there. Okay. And so, you know, a lot of companies will actually ship vans in pieces and do the final assembly, like the four doors and the trunk and the hood, you know, kind of thing in the U.S. so they can get past this. Ford does that with the Transit Connect, which is a small transit van, for example. Mm. Um, but the point is that forget the cargo version. This is the passenger version we're going to get. Long wheelbase in the U.S., Starting twenty twenty four, I mean, pre orders then. I think it's a year earlier in the U in Europe for the their version, which is the short wheelbase. I don't know if the Europeans are going to get the long wheelbase version. The reality is that within three years, when my lease is up for my Tesla, we will have potentially the option in the U.S. to get a camper version, the California. And frankly, that's got me super excited. So, how do you feel about it? I'm just excited for the fact that not only is the life, the, the, the series of them. So for me, I go back with the original, back in the old, old days, back in, when I was really young, back in Lebanon. And that used to be my school bus. I used to go on a, on a Volkswagen. I learned how to drive on a Volkswagen Beetle, uh, learning how to basically have to push down the shift to reverse. Yeah, that yeah. was my first surprise. Like, like I asked the guy, like, how do you go to reverse? Oh, you have to push down and go. I'm like, oh my God. So I, I, I have a lot of fond memories of uh, Volkswagen and, and their, their presence in the automotive industry. The fact that we're seeing an EV model, I think this is the right move. Um, anybody that's listening right now, just go outside and look at your local gas station, how much gas is and how things are going. And you have an automatic feeling of like, I should have gotten an EV of some sort. The conversation, every company's putting a, a car out, but having something like that from Volkswagen pushing, moving forward, all EV, not hybrid is telling you how much they're focusing on the future. And I think the reality is, I mean, we need more options in the, in the automotive industry. Tesla, for me, I... It took me a while to jump on, but after talking, you know, with Marianne and we, we, we did a lot of conversation back and forth and, um, I got into it and it's like, ever since, man, it's been seriously, like, that's the way to go. So having that option, having new, new, I, I can't wait to see the pictures that you're going to post. Um, <laughs> really, really jealous of that one. Uh, just being able to check it out and check out cars that are not even out yet. Yeah. That's, that's as exciting as mobile. So keep in mind, smartphones are great. Smartphones are sexy. Cars are becoming more and more technology, technologically based. Uh, you know, Mercedes did the same thing. Volkswagen's doing it. We've seen obviously Ford going on with all the electric. Uh, everybody's trying to catch up to Tesla, but in a certain way, I'm I'm excited to see what we're seeing. And, and this is going to be obviously Gen One. More to come. Um, and I want to see obviously you know the range, the performance, uh, how people are actually going to you know start using them in the U.S. because. We need more options, especially here in, in California. Yeah. <laughs> it helps. So, you know, just a few things to keep in mind for the audience. Look, it's not just about Tesla. Just because me and, you know, TK have a Tesla, just don't immediately dismiss EVs because there's, first of all, a lot more. I've been reviewing EVs for we Tech more. Radar and we're mm -hmm. literally bombarded. Like, I cannot travel fast enough. After South by, I'm going to Palm Springs for a Volvo thing. After that, I'm yes. going to Santa Monica for a Mercedes thing. I am literally traveling the rest of the month to cover EVs. There's so much new stuff coming. Some of it is very affordable. Don't get fooled that EVs cost a lot of money. Yes, up front, they're a oh, little absolutely. more, but the prices are dropping. The maintenance is extremely low. The reliability is extremely high. The cost of operation is extremely low. And the satisfaction, the experience is extremely high. And this is not just a Tesla thing. This is any EV today that is modern is going to be a great, great experience. So 
you know, I know it's not everybody's ready. Like you saying, well, you know, of course you get it now because you are part of it, but you know how long it took you to dive in. And yeah. I've been talking on Facebook with some of my friends today because I posted a picture of the price of gas in San Francisco from, by the way, the San Francisco, one of the San Francisco papers. So it was, I didn't take the photo, but I put it up there, 6.43 a gallon, okay? And and that's the highest I think, in the country. Here. No, no, what? We got it here, Southern California. Okay, you we, too? we got this. We got six six dollars and ninety nine cents. I didn't take the picture, but it's in downtown. Um, they they've been posting it. All of the news stations in Southern California, they've been going to that one gas station purely for the sign. And mind you, I made a snarky comment. You know, I'm not trying to be an elitist about it. I'm just pointing out that we're getting there, folks. There are some EVs coming that are much more affordable and are definitely going to please you and satisfy you. And if you haven't thought about it yet, you should. I've had a bit of pushback in my uh, Facebook comments about it. It seems the lack of education, even amongst friends of mine who are technologically savvy, is staggering to me. Like, Folks, go out there and read up on this. There's so much good info. How did you, I mean, you talked to me, but you know, I'm yeah, not yeah. the only one. I know you're a very like, you know, um, oh, no, no, I, objective person. How did you get around in your head? I did. So a while back, maybe a couple of years ago, before we, before I decided to buy one, I rented one off of uh, an app called Turo. Yeah, uh, Turo is great. Southern California. So um, I was always interested about it. I wanted to check it out. And most rental places don't have EVs. They Hertz all have does now, cars. by the way. Yeah, but I'm back saying then, what I meant. No, is, no, I'm just telling you. Yeah, people. back then in 2017, um, I rented it for the weekend and we drove it around and it wasn't even the performance model. It was just the base model and we enjoyed it and it was a lot of fun. But I'll be very honest with you. I had that battery anxiety and that was always the thing that always sat in the back of my mind. I think we talked about it at the beginning. Once I saw, once we started looking at numbers and once I, I started kind of like seriously thinking about it and to talk to about how long you've had it, um, SAF as well has had one uh, for qu quite some time. So at this point I started realizing, you know, this is more of a, you know, it's, it's possible if you're able to use it on a daily basis, SAF is able to be happy with it. Um, I started looking at the option. I decided to go with the longer range. And I think that's what got me in was the ability that I was able to get into that long range. And once I've gotten it. I've been I've I've done a few trips with it to San Francisco, to Las Vegas, to San Diego. Um, we go to Disneyland with it every once in a while, you know. So to me, it's it's the car I want to be in all the time. Like I, we have a gas driving car, and that's my mostly my wife's. But for us, whenever we're doing like local commute and stuff, it's the best way. Um, Whole Foods in the area we have it gives us free charging as well while we're, while we're shopping at Whole Foods. Magic Mountain for us here also allows us to charge our car and that one's like at 31 miles an extra. So I can top off my car by just going and having fun at the theme park. So uh, you start realizing and, and, you, and you see that you have a support system. Um, but I also think the biggest thing for me was the fact that I got a home charger. Had I not done the home charger, I think that may have gone a little bit different. But for me, I wake up in the morning and the car is ready and it's 100%. It's just like your smartphone, yeah. Well, yeah, 90%, not 100 yeah. but yeah. I don't have a home charger um, because I live in an apartment in San Francisco. I did have a home charger in my home in Portland back in the day when I had it. But yeah, the yeah. Um, honestly, I never really bothered going uh, high power on that because I didn't drive much. You know, I don't commute anywhere, so it's just more like drive around town. But right now I charge um, at free charging stations like you do, Whole Foods. In my case, there is a Volta one at the headquarters just a few blocks well, same, away. Same. Yeah, I, I can literally walk to it, leave my car for two hours, get 50 miles of charge. That's not a fast charger, obviously. But I can also go to a supercharger, several in town, in the city, mm -hmm. and they're convenient. And at night, the prices are really low, so I go there sometimes. Um, but oh, yeah, back to the ID buzz, I after. think what's got me excited is that this is not an SUV. 
it's like it's mm-hmm. le- it's really a micro bus it's like it's like yeah. the return of what will eventually become a camper van for most americans because i don't yeah, see yeah. americans buying this as a people mover right like that's in europe for sure right also the the yeah. current kind of entry level version of it is 300 miles pretty good range but it's a rear that's it's rear wheel drive only and it's 200 and something horsepower, so 0 to 69 seconds. We're not talking even Tesla's level of performance. We're talking entry-level ID4 levels of performance. But it doesn't matter because it's a people mover or a camper. However, there will be an all-wheel drive version, and I can guarantee you the U.S. will get the hot model because we're, you know, we're used to incredible performance in our normal cars. Like a Camry has, what, 260 horsepower now you know, or 300 <laughs> or whatever it is. And yeah. of course, our EVs here, Tesla's kind of set the bar that, you know. Oh, man, yes. Any EV to me that has less than 0 to 60 in six seconds uh, is, is slower than that. I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't want that. Because, you know, even the, the Mini Cooper SE, which I reviewed for Tech Radar recently, you guys should check it out. It's the cheapest EV in the US, right? Like just over thirty thousand, and you get the uh, the incentives on top of that, and you get get down to an incredible low price. Even oh, yeah. that has a zero to sixty of like five point nine or six point one. Like, so my point is, to me, there's a lot of potential with this thing, and so I'm excited about it. And uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned the uh, push down for reverse. My Eurovan is a stick shift, and it still has a push down for reverse. You know, <laughs> still there. And and you mentioned that uh, you know hybrids. The T7, which is the gas version of like the the current upcoming latest microbus that's not the EV, has a hybrid version as well. So like they're doing it all, and um, it's going to continue. I mean. It'd be stupid for Volkswagen not to also have a gas version still of no. It's not. Oh, no, it's I, not the same vehicle, but of of that yeah. category of vehicle, right? They're they're still yeah. We haven't done that full on transition to that, but I can definitely see the fact that we have an offering from every company, which a few years before would was almost like unimaginable. Where you know Tesla was just by itself for so long. Exactly. That's the thing that we need to realize. Um, you know, um, charging stations are popping everywhere. You're starting to see them more and more everywhere as far as being not only Tesla allowing other non-Tesla users to charge from them, but the ecosystem and the uh, the support system that we used to feel kind of like stuck in is opening up and becoming more functional. And I think that's what's going to help people just get over and, and feel maybe even comfortable doing cross-state uh, trips, maybe going down to Arizona yeah. or, you know, like I said, going to Vegas. That was a fun ride with the family in a Tesla. So I've, it was nice. I've gone all over the West Coast in the last four years in my Tesla. And I think with Electrify America being a Volkswagen-driven thing, yeah, th- yeah. that bus is going to have some good options for charging as well, especially since they've really been doubling down on making more happen. We're kind right. of running out of time, but I want to quickly th- hear your thoughts on this thing here. Sure. If it oh, pops up in the video for my <laughs> Patreon. The Poco so I'll, I'll do it on my side. Yeah, here. X4 uh, Pro 5G. And you've got it outside the case, so it's even prettier. Look, I, we don't have a huge amount of time, but I want to say that that phone is very impressive for the money. What is it, 300 something dollars? Uh, it's about $300, yeah, about 270 or so euros. But the, 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 the bang for the buck with this, Poco is just seriously like, I don't want to say flagship killer per se, but the reality is they've been working at it and they've been doing it. And they released a couple of phones, but the X4 with the 108 megapixel camera at does give us a really good experience. 120 hertz refresh rate, large display, fast charging. With AMOLED, right? Watt. AMOLED as well. What's stereo the chip speakers. Again? 
it's the 695, the Snapdragon 695. Oh, right. 5G. That's right. It's one of the first yep. 695s with the 5G. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and I love it. I'm I'm feeling very good about it. I've always felt good what, about the Poco X series in general, but this one yeah. is really making me happy. So, um, <laughs> you know, check it out, folks. I have an unboxing video on my channel. Absolutely. I'll link to TK's video as well. Thank I you. wish we had more time to dive into it, but the reality is that Poco and Xiaomi Group in general, because I think Redmi is doing some good stuff as well, is oh, still really uh, pushing the envelope. I want to point out a couple of things that stand out to me about this phone and the Redmi and also Realme offerings that are coming out in this $200 to $300 price point range. Mm -hmm. There is a, or even Vivo, there is a kind of industrial design a switch happening in the industry to everybody doing slab-sided phones like the iPhone. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that? Yep, yep. And the flex from all are, these yep. brands, but more importantly, have you noticed that the newest aff affordable phones that have mm -hmm. AMOLED displays like the Poco X 4 Pro 5G have a lot of chin? It yeah. looks like in, in their attempt to democratize OLED and bring it down to a lower price point, they are actually doing a cool thing where they are like, okay, we're going to save some money by giving you a little more of a chin, kind of like an LCD would. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure it's a good thing. I'm not on board 100%, but I feel like if it's going to give you an OLED instead of an LCD for that price point, 100% on board, right? Oh, I, you know, not only that, 100, 120 hertz refresh rate on a device like this, crazy. Yeah, at this price point, absolutely. I, it's a small sacrifice and it gets it more affordable and it makes it even more uh, competitive, obviously, for the next generation. It just, we want to be able to get more of that technology, more affordability. Uh, again, the amount of features that we have in here with that main sensor in the back, I feel like it's a great, well-rounded smartphone at a budget price point. And again, when you look at the price and you say the word OLED, you'll take it in any way, honestly, that you're able to get it. Even uh, even if it didn't have 120, and we do have that. So uh, out of the, all the devices, I feel like the X4 Pro 5G is going to hit it. Um, and it, it works really nicely. I've been using it here on T-Mobile. I mean, no 5G, unfortunately, for me, but it's still no. pretty decent uh, 4G connectivity on us here. So not bad. 100%. Yeah. A couple of leaks and rumors to finish the show here. Yeah. We've heard rumors and leaks, well, well, rumors at least, of the Nothing phone from Carpe's Nothing company that gave us the cool-looking transparent earbuds. Yep. And now we have a leak. We have a leak of, <laughs> you know, a blurry photo of the phone. We have a leak of presumably Carpe, Carpe showing... Uh, Mr. Qualcomm CEO, a uh, phone that seems heavily camouflaged in a case. So, like, there was a lot of that at NWC. I, mean, I was going to say, I'm sure. Right. I just feel that the rumors have, are true and we're going to see. I mean, the moment Calpe left, mm -hmm. uh, I knew that we we're going to get a phone. Like, to me, I'm like, earbuds, come on. It's, like, inev it's inevitable. Yeah. No, I mean, and then the, when they first came up with the earbuds, I was like, Really? Nice, but yeah. everybody can make a pair of earbuds. Yeah, Give no, us no. something to sink our teeth into and, you know, think about it, right? Carl engineered the Nord and the Nord, original Nord, of course, and, yep. was, and it was an incredible phone. And somehow, if OnePlus, if you look at the track record for 2021, it wasn't great, but the Nord 2 stands out as one of the best phones they did. Mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah. at least somebody at OnePlus is still kind of following in the legacy of what Calpe gave us with the original Nord. Yeah. And more importantly, Cal left immediately. It had to be a phone at some point. So we don't know anything, but it's very clearly going to be 
a Snapdragon equipped smartphone of some kind, oh, probably yeah. with some translucent. If accents. Cristiano's, yeah, if he's obviously, if he's showing it to Cristiano, obviously we know, yeah. Cristiano Amon, who's the CEO of Qualcomm, is the other person in that photo. Anyway. Yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, when you said Mr. Qualcomm, I assumed Cristiano. Yeah, of course yeah. it's Mr. Qualcomm. I like Ms. to call him that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I love it when people call me Ms. Miriam. It happens. It's cute. I love it. I, I don't I don't mind at all. All right. So that's one rumor. The other, well, leak rumor, eh, you know, Pixel 6a and Pixel Watch rumors are intensifying. Obviously, yeah. I'm not sure we're going to see it at Google I.O. per se. I don't think we'll see it as late as we did last year. I hope of COVID not. Yeah, I'm and hoping. Supply issues. Yeah. But it's obvious we have a Pixel 6a coming and a Pixel Watch probably as well. Mm -hmm. And so the latest is that of course, we know that it was going to have the Tensor chip. Some More, benchmarks yeah. have come out. Six gigs of RAM. So that's all confirmed. It looks like a hybrid between a Pixel 6 and a Pixel 5a in the sense that it has the older camera system, mm -hmm. and the, but it has the industrial design and the newer um, you know, brain, as it were, from the Georgie Pixel LaForge 6. kind of look, but some of, the, some of the leaks are kind of talking about it. But the reality is we need we need that successor. We need to see how that kind of goes through. And last year we know that there was no longer going to be a smaller and a larger version of the Pixel Five, the A series. Hopefully, we'll see how that kind of continues this year. And but I'm, the price point yeah. is going to be the biggest thing. So the the three to four, the three the four hundred to four fifty type price point. I'm hoping they stick to that. And um, maybe maybe we'll see some information about it around maybe right after uh, Google I/O. I'm, I'm hoping this year is going to be an in person as the trend seems to be going. So we'll have to see how that kind of goes. Um, and yeah, no, we need to we need to see the A series. The A series is is very popular for Google and it's been doing great. So hopefully, it's we so good. Yeah, it's so good. Like. Folks, if I had a budget to follow because I get all my phones for free from reviewing them, mm -hmm. I would be probably buying a 5A right now or a 6A when it comes out because like the 4A before that was phenomenal too. And they just keep improving them. And yeah. they're not particularly special phones if you look at the spec sheet or you look at their industrial design. But then when you start using them, it's like Apple, right? That that layer of software that Google just sticks on there, just like just brings it up to the next level. It's like cranks everything up to eleven in terms of of satisfaction and delight. You know, it's hard to explain until you experience it. It's kind of like in EV. It's hard to explain until you experience it. But take our words for it. EVs are a thing. Pixel A series phones are a thing. Yes. And I think to some extent that iPhone SE 2022 is a thing. It might not be for you. It might not be the right phone for you, but so many people are going to buy it. And right. having an iPhone at that accessible price point with 5G is a, is a game changer for a ID. ton of people. And Touch ID, and which touch is, a ID. Big, is a big differentiator for this lineup because it's the only Touch ID device that's coming out. And that's the biggest difference here. We're, we need to start seeing and, and appreciating what they're doing. Um, and like I said, I'm very happy that they're continuing this uh, the, the the series that they're not just ending it uh, and like you said 30 bucks more maybe a little bit too much for some but at the end of the day it's an entry-level iphone at a at a price point that we don't really don't see iphones play around so it's nice to see that they have it yeah i mean verizon was giving me in that email from george eleven twenty six a month like, come on, guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you trade it, if you do a trade <laughs> you know? in into it, um, because I, I, I was, I, I tried to put in my trade in for the FE, for the SE 2020, um, that it gave you about 150. You could drop the price down uh, even lower if you're able to trade in a device into it, uh, which 
yeah, that, that's the main thing you want to keep in mind. Trade-ins are going to be the biggest thing with any carrier or even any OEM. Uh, Samsung did the same thing. I'm sure Apple would love to be able to upcycle some of those as they're using the same panel. So in theory, you know, it could be beneficial to, to recycle and bring into more devices in the future. 100%. Yeah. Well, look at us. We summarized it all in this nice little blurb at the end. We're good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> TK, you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet, all your social media handles and various sites and YouTube and all that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, OnlyFans dash. No, sorry. That, that's a different episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, just uh, TK Bay um, on YouTube and uh, TKDSL8655 on the rest of the socials. Um, but the best way I always say, just, you know, let the beard guide you. Just look for TK Bay and it's hard to this so yeah thank you absolutely folks please subscribe to tk's youtube channel and of course all of his social media stuff and you know where to find me on the internet i'm at tank girl that's t-n-k-g-r-l on instagram and on twitter if you want to discuss this podcast with both of us hit us up on twitter ask us your questions your comments all that good stuff you want to see pretty pictures of phones pretty pictures of cars pretty pictures of things taken with phones because that's all i really do check out my instagram and then of course the couple of youtube channels you should subscribe to youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast mm -hmm. and youtube.com slash mobile tech more uh, those are my youtube channels the first one is really about the phones and audio and kind of immediate peripherals smartwatches, stuff like that the second one is kind of more about the rest of it car tech home automation home tech travel tech all the cool little things that i think are interesting that people uh, are not necessarily directly kind of like touching the phone world but are related because everything's connected these days so check it out you know how to use youtube like subscribe click the little notification icon comment you can comment about the podcast even if it's off topic i'll respond there as well no problem at all so see you on youtube the podcast is at mobiletechpodcast.com or on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, everywhere good podcasts can be found. If you're old school, there's an RSS feed. You've got it all covered. Your apps, if they let you rate or review the show, please do that. It helps other people discover the show. So yeah, consider all that. And of course, of course, Patreon. There's a Patreon. What do you get? Well, you get a video version of the podcast before everyone else, before the public audio version. And also, I don't edited as much you kind of get the outtakes and the mistakes and the fun stuff oh no so you know yeah well no don't worry i mean there's really nothing too bad most of the time but the point is if you want to watch this podcast as a video that's one of the tiers there's also a discord server you can join as another tier there's a bunch of stuff you know if you can help me that would be great this is one of the ways i you know i make this show happen it's with patreon so consider joining patreon i want to thank my existing patrons and i want to thank david l who actually joined this week thanks david that was really nice of you yeah folks we'll see you over there patreon.com slash tankgirl patreon.com slash tnkgrl if you don't want to do patreon and you still want to help and contribute financially there's a paypal link in the show notes you can click on that click through give me enough money to buy a coffee Maybe. I love coffee, so that makes me happy. But yeah, folks, uh, help out if you can. I'd appreciate it. And also, if you want to help, another way is through our sponsor, Audible. Audible has been with us since the early days. They're a fantastic sponsor. If you like books as much as I do and you know like to listen to books instead of read them, Audible's got you covered. That's what they do. They're the number one platform for audiobooks. So 
There is a special deal, 30-day free trial. You get to keep a book at the end. AudibleTrial.com slash mobile tech is the URL. That's AudibleTrial.com slash mobile tech. Look, I work on my computer all day. My eyes get tired at the end of the day. I want to take a break. You know, if I don't watch Netflix on a big screen so I can focus further away, then, you know, I'm reading a book and it's just tiring because I'm still focusing up close, even if it's a Kindle or whatever. So, Audible's to the rescue. I just lay back, close my eyes, listen to that book being read to me. They have a ton of books to choose from. A lot of books are read by the authors. They have short stories. They have podcasts. I mean, they have the whole gamut. So check it out. You know, road trips. You know, we're talking about taking our EVs and even a camper van or road trip. Well, guess what? You put some Audible on, you know, you can still drive and pay attention to the driving yet listen to the great book being read. So I love Audible. So Obviously, they've been our sponsor for a while, and I keep them around because they're so good. So go help them, help us, audibletrial.com slash mobiletech. I want to thank Audible again for being with us forever. And TK, thanks for being on the show yet again. Oh, absolutely. Always a pleasure and uh, really, really excited to see some of your coverage uh, tomorrow from, uh, well, once you get the South by Southwest, for sure. Yeah, there'll be some stuff on social right away, but it'll take a little while for me to get my stories out. But yeah, stay tuned, folks. We'll have another show next week. We'll have TK on at some point in the future. You know that. So we'll see you then. And until then, folks, cheers, everybody. Au revoir. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.